from hidden local hotspots to outrageous wildlife rescues and trend-setting hotels. WestCoastTraveler.com shares the latest travel news from your local community and beyond. Travel the spectacular west coast of the U.S. and Canada without leaving your armchair and start taking notes for your next adventure. Make your next vacation or staycation the best it can be. Visit westcoasttraveler.com. by Save on Foods Parksville. Shop for groceries from the comfort of your living room. Let the Save on Foods team do the shopping for you with free curbside pickup from Save on Foods. It's that easy. Download the new Save on Foods app today. Welcome to PQ Beat, a podcast of the Parksville Qualicum Beach News, the newspaper of record, both online and in print, for Parksville Qualicum Beach and the surrounding communities. Visit us online at pqbnews.com. Hi everyone, welcome to PQ Beat. I'm Philip Wolf, editor of the PQB News and VI Free Daily. The last year and a half or so has been an unprecedented time for people here on Vancouver Island and around the world as we deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. Recently, restrictions in BC have been eased, which is especially important in a region where tourism plays such a huge role in our economy. To talk about that role and much more, we're pleased to have with us today the Executive Director of the Parksville Qualicum Beach Tourism Association. Welcome, Blaine Sipos. Thanks for having me. Speaking in general terms, how difficult has the pandemic been for those who work in and around the tourism industry? Oh, it's been extremely difficult. I don't think there's been another industry that's been affected in so many ways, had to shift so many times, and just had their customers basically taken away from them for such a long time. There's been considerable confusion around uh, restrictions and protocols. So this causes problems for accommodation sector. Uh, they've had to cancel bookings and postpone bookings and rebook, and that's hard both on the hotel and the guest. There's been whole sectors like the events and festivals or, and meetings sector that had to shut down for a year and a half. And uh, restaurants, I think most people are aware of how challenging it's been for them, having to shift back and forth from takeout and delivery and I think what this has all amounted to is frontline staff have borne the brunt of a lot of the frustration out there. Uh, they've had to police behavior, and that's added to their stress. They've already were quite stressed out, as most of us have been throughout the pandemic. So you add that to how short-staffed most businesses have been, and I think it's really frontline staff have, have really been affected a lot during this pandemic. Speaking of the confusion, what are some of the biggest questions or complaints that you've received during this time? Well, there's a lot of confusion about who's allowed to travel, where they're allowed to travel, especially recently, when they're allowed to travel. It's really been very confusing for guests. A lot of guests are mindful that they don't want to visit a community where they're not wanted. So they ask a hotel or they'll ask us what the local sentiment is around visitors in the community. And it's revolved around who and when and why they can travel. Uh, we all know that there have been people who have not really followed those protocols. And unfortunately, that's caused a lot of anxiety, uh, not only with locals, but with other visitors who feel like, well, if they're just going to travel and go wherever they want, why shouldn't we? Again, it just creates so much confusion for everybody and uh, folks are very happy to see this kind of easing on them right now. So in, in terms of, say, morale, what has been the response to the recent loosening of some of the restrictions? 
It's been a, a mix of excitement and apprehension. There's uh, obviously excitement that we're going to be able to accept guests uh, again and that businesses are going to be able to operate without so many restrictions. But on the other hand, almost every business that we've talked with is woefully understaffed. They're not necessarily prepared for the demand that's going to be hitting them this summer. Further to that, as we restart, you know, as you mentioned, it's it's been difficult to find the hiring. What might be done to help mitigate that issue? The workforce challenge is so incredibly complex in this community. I've lived here off and on since the late 90s, and I believe that really the only time that we haven't suffered some kind of a worker shortage in this area has been right around like the 2008-2009 downturn in the economy. Other than that, most businesses that you would talk to, uh, larger businesses especially, they would have told you that they're understaffed. Some businesses are understaffed like 60 people in peak season, and some are understaffed one or two, but it's, it's really the scale that's there. So there are a lot of contributing factors to this. Our local demographics being older means that we have a lower employment participation rate, so fewer people to start with to pick up all these jobs that are available. Although we've done a pretty good job in adding business to the shoulder in the off-season, our destination is still seasonal. So there are a large number of full-time employees in tourism and hospitality, but when it comes down to hiring those seasonal staff for the peak, it's, it's very difficult. And that's not a problem just here, that's all over the island. Especially here, again, because of our demographics and also, our housing availability and affordability. Uh, again, I'm, I'm sure you've had lots of guests on the podcast who've, who've talked about that. And then there's another one that I, I think it, it isn't always recognized that we're playing in a field of tourism destinations that are competing for a certain kind of seasonal worker. So, for example, the college worker or the maybe the, the short-term work visa person from Australia or what have you, they're wanting to move to Tofino or to Whistler or to somewhere where there's more of a, a scene there. We're not getting too many of those people moving to Parksville, Colican Beach. We just don't have the lifestyle that they're looking for. I'm not saying that by any means that any of these other destinations are having an easy time with their employment, but uh, at least they have the demand for people who want to live there and work there in the age group that we're looking for. Are you able to detail how your member businesses in general have fared during the last year or so? There's not really any broad brushstrokes that we can paint on this. Uh, something that we learned quite early on in the pandemic is that even in the same sector, there's quite a wide range of how businesses have done. And it really depends on how their ownership structure is, uh, how their workforce is built around the business, who their clients are. Even in, say, in the accommodation sector, there are some businesses that did much better than others. But what I can tell you, there is some good news in that Parksville, Colican Beach, we base a lot of our numbers around the accommodation sector. So we've found that over the last year that we've been one of the most resilient destinations in all of Canada. But to put that into perspective, Parksville, Colican Beach, our hotel numbers have still been down over 40%. <laughs> so it shows us, even though we're fortunate in that we're only down 40%, other destinations were down way, way more than we were. As I mentioned earlier, the most affected sectors were meetings, events, and, and activities because they basically had to shut down uh, for the last year and a half. 
attractions. Again, that was another one where there was ranges where some businesses were able to accommodate the protocols better than others. So they were able to open where others weren't able to. Golf generally did pretty well because I think right off the bat, people realized uh, and perceived golf to be a very safe outdoor activity. So we're hearing very good things about the golf business over the last year. I think that a lot of people are aware of generally how restaurants have done, and it all depended on how quickly the business could shift based on the protocols. Unfortunately, there had been some situations where there were uh, last-minute announcements or changes in rules around patios that have really put a lot of the restaurants out of pocket uh, to try to shift. And so whether that was a loss in food costs or in having to invest to tents or building new patios, again, it's really been dependent on how the business has been able to shift and how quickly. You mentioned the the signature events, and and we've obviously lost uh, some of the very big ones, but do you still expect the summer to be busy? It's looking like it's going to be extremely busy. Most of the accommodations that we've talked with so far have said that they are full throughout the summer and into September. And I think anybody who's tried to get a campground reservation recently has realized as well that it's pretty much impossible to get a campsite uh, anywhere uh, on Vancouver Island and probably throughout BC. There's just so much pent-up demand for people to travel. And because our market is mostly a domestic, closer-in regional market, being a favorite of lower mainland and, and southern Vancouver Island, we're getting a lot of that business. Do you expect that pent-up demand to carry over into a really big year next year? It's really hard to say. We were surprised last year uh, how the business continued through the fall, and it was very strong right up until uh, restrictions were announced for the Lower Mainland last November. If we can use last year as any type of a, a template, it's it's likely that we'll continue to have that positive growth. But again, it's it's so hard to say how things are going to shape up for the next two months, let alone the next year. Each year you put out an annual report. Are you able to share some details on visitor spending by sector in our area? Yeah, I can speak to the numbers that uh, we project uh, through the model that we have currently. I'd like to note, though, that we're investing in a new economic impact study and model that's not going to be as reliant on us using accommodation numbers to project the other sectors. We're working on that study right now. And it will help us benchmark how Parksville Coal Can Beach did before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and then set us on a new path to measure it in the future. So it'll be a good test to see how our former model has accurately or maybe not as accurately portrayed the industry as we thought. Because we do use accommodation revenue as kind of the, the static number, uh, we're able to project how much revenue is generated by visitors through direct spending in sectors like food and beverage and entertainment and transportation and what have you. And in those sectors, uh, the way that our current model breaks things down is that roughly 25% of the dollars that visitors spend when they're on a trip in our area is spent on food and beverage. Just under that is about 23.5% is spent on accommodations. That's a, a number that a lot of people are surprised to hear when we tell them that, at least again, based on the model that we have now, that people spend more money on food and beverage than they do on accommodations. And then retail is a very close third at 22.5%. Local transportation and entertainment and attractions are a little bit lower at 15 and 14%. 
So when we measure spending by visitors, it's direct spending by hotel guests. And so that doesn't include people who stay in campgrounds, in bed and breakfasts with friends and family or any day trippers. So it's a very conservative number uh, that we use. The total direct spending by visitors that we've projected for 2020 was around $120 million. So that means that uh, the food and beverage sector generated about $30 million, accommodation sector around $28 million, retail $27, local transportation $18, and entertainment and attractions we estimated around $16 million. Stats Canada and Destination BC have done some work around spin-off in the tourism industry. So they estimate that for every $100 million in spending, there's approximately a $68 million spin-off. So if you apply that to our Parksville, Qualicum Beach numbers, we've projected our total economic impact to be approximately $200 million. Those are some big numbers. Do you think that people are generally aware of that impact being so high? I think that people know how important tourism is in Parksville, Colican Beach, but uh, I, I don't believe that they do know the level of the impact. Again, I, I can't stress enough that these numbers are direct spending and it's very conservative. So it's, it's very likely that the, the number is quite a bit larger. I think people who own businesses in the community, they're not surprised to see revenue go up in the summer <laughs> and and they welcome more visitors and, and more cars on the street and, and what have you because it's uh, it helps tide them over throughout the, the shoulder in the off season. Uh, has the association's role changed at all during COVID times and how will it help lead the way to recovery? Thankfully, Parksville Qualicum Beach Tourism was able to qualify for all of the federal supports uh, that were there. So we were able to keep our staff working on behalf of our stakeholders throughout the pandemic. We're very thankful for that because a lot of other destination organizations like ours throughout the province and probably throughout the world weren't able to, to do that. We did have to shift quite a bit and many times over the pandemic based on how the protocols were being announced. But immediately the shift that we made was to encourage visitors to keep us in their their minds uh, for future visits, but uh, to encourage them not to travel to our area. And that is just against everything that we we do as a destination. So that was a hard shift to make. Uh, Then the next piece was to help promote those businesses that remained open at the beginning of the pandemic. So we created a COVID open directory that we promoted very heavily to the local market. So people knew who was still open and who they could support. And we were very happy to work with the Chambers of Commerce on that because we know that we were able to send a lot of people to businesses uh, through that effort. As we continued to go through the pandemic, we actually dedicated one of our staff, our sales director, Karen Dirksen. She was dedicated to working for a provincial program called the Tourism Resiliency Program. On Vancouver Island, it's called the Vancouver Island Coastal Tourism Resiliency Program. That program was built to help businesses fare the pandemic through one-on-one supports. So Karen would work with local businesses to connect them with experts in human resources and finance and marketing. Those experts were able to provide services to these businesses free of charge. So we had local businesses take advantage of that. Surprisingly, not as many local businesses as we'd expected, but we still had a good number who did take advantage of it. And Karen continues to work for the resiliency program because now that we're going into a period of easing restrictions, there's new business challenges that people have to 
overcome. Yeah, very happy to be able to dedicate Karen to work on that project. Now, if anyone's looking to get a hold of the association, what's the best way to do that? Our website, visit parksvillequalcombeach.com, but we're also on Facebook and on Instagram. We have a number of different Facebook pages, so we do have one dedicated to the association where we share business information and what have you, and it's not necessarily focused on visitors. If anybody just taps in uh, Parksville Colic and Beach Tourism, they'll see a number of different options there for them. And finally, how much are you personally looking forward to a return to quote-unquote normalcy? I have to say that I have some mixed emotions. There's been so many curveballs that have been thrown at us over the last year that I don't really want to get my hopes up in a lot of ways. But like everyone, I'm really excited to get back to traveling and seeing friends and family. I have to say I'm most excited for our kids so they can get back to their lives and sports and and social groups. And I've also realized that the world has changed and there's going to be a new normal. I guess, anticipation as to what that's going to bring us. So I'm basically trying to take it day by day and really just enjoy it as it comes. Blaine, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. That's this edition of PQ Beat, produced by the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Thank you for joining us. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, we would like to hear from you. You'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com. to you by Save on Foods Parksville. Save on Foods offers the highest quality selection of ocean-friendly seafood, delectable bakery cakes made with real whipped cream, and the freshest produce available, including a wide selection of organics and pre-cut fruits and vegetables. Discover more of what you want at Save on Foods.